You're listening to the Back Porch Talk Podcast. Danny and Jason had many discussions and debates on the back porch while making pivotal investment moves with assets. That's right, with trading cards. They welcome you to the back porch and right into those discussions about current sports news with a fresh and unique twist. So come on and join us. Talk podcast. I'm your host, Jason. Your host, Danny. As we got a fun show for you today, talk a little NBA, go a little bit into Formula One as the new season is upon us, and then also a little Major League Baseball. But first, Danny, right into the NBA. A whole lot happening in the NBA after the All Star break, Danny. The Bucks continued their winning streak. I think it's up right now to 14 games. A very intriguing uh, game. On Sunday evening or Sunday during the day uh, against the Phoenix Suns, uh, the Bucks prevail without Giannis. Uh, it will be interesting to see what they what happens against the Brooklyn Nets on uh, this evening. But Danny, the Bucks are streaking. What say you? Yeah, Jay, they are on fire right now, and it's good because they're starting to get healthy. Right, they're starting to get their pieces back. Bobby was out. A couple games, Middleton starting to get his legs under him a little bit more now because his shooting was off. Giannis, now it's a second injury. We got to keep an eye on that just to make sure that he's ready for the playoff run. But they're playing well, man. Phoenix had him, though. And one person I think is getting overlooked, and maybe in my opinion, is Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday has been the steady force all season, and he's playing awesome. And he's been his defense, like on Sunday against the Suns, he had to play at the end of the game on Devin Booker that forced Devin Booker to turn the ball over, which ultimately uh, won the game for the Bucks. So his offense and defense have been great. And if he's playing like that, man, they're going to be a tough out in the playoffs. One thing too, with regards to Milwaukee Bucks, the Bucks. Co-owner Lazary has put his share of the uh, team up for sale. And it seems like the Haslams, who are also the uh, co-owners of the uh, Cleveland Browns, uh, looks like the Haslams has agreed uh, to the terms uh, of this stake in the Milwaukee Bucks. When we first heard about this news, about the potential of Haslam getting the Milwaukee Bucks or a share of the Milwaukee Bucks, uh, personally, I was not happy. Ever since the Haslam's have taken over the Cleaver Browns, the Browns have been losers. Let's just be real. I think they've been to the playoffs maybe one time. Uh, and the Haslam's have had the Cleaver Browns or only Cleaver Browns for now over a decade, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, there has just been an utter piece of chaos in the Cleveland Browns organization. Whether it's due to the general manager, head coach, the players, whatever the case may be, it just seems to be this bad aura that the Haslam's has going from franchise to franchise. Uh, I say all I have to say this, man. The Haslam's just does not have a great track record when it comes to uh, winning uh, as a sports franchise. And so I'm concerned that what we have built in Milwaukee uh, would go 
will fall by the wayside because of the Haslam's aura. Um, but then also just what we have seen over and over again with the franchises that they own. It is concerning. I would love to hear a press conference with the Haslam's though. I would love to hear what their intentions are uh, and what they're planning to do. Um, and it's also about what Milwaukee has built downtown in regards to uh, not only the new arena, but also the practice facility and then also everything around the re arena, the, their district, the uh, amenities, the, the restaurants, the living um, uh, space. Uh, and so they have built, Lazary and, and Edens and, and the rest of the owners, co-owners, they have built something there um, and really had a huge development in downtown Milwaukee. Um, not only that, but they're about winning. Yep. Won a championship with Giannis, uh, gone deep in the playoffs. It seems like they're committed to winning. And you all know this, Danny. I've always said go into the luxury tax because you would make that luxury tax money back up if you make deep runs in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. I just hope that Haslam is not cheap when it comes to uh, making transactions or approving transactions to get certain players that could put us up over the hump um, to where we can win and then where we can ultimately uh, get that money back and then some in making deep runs in the playoffs. And oh, by the way, keeping Giannis. Yeah, <laughs> that's the big thing. That's the big thing. If you're not going to spend the money to get the right pieces around Giannis, that would be just a bad move, mm -hmm. uh, in my opinion, to have this once-in-a-lifetime generational type player on your team that you drafted. Nobody knew Giannis when he was drafted. We didn't know Giannis when he was drafted. Mm -mm. But we watched him year after year grind and grind and got better, got built up, uh, got stronger, got better uh, to become a force to not only be most improved player, but to be a multi-winning MVP uh, player, but then also be to become a champion and to be an MVP of a championship series. If you miss out on that and not put the right pieces around them because you are cheap, I don't think the Bucks fans want you. And that's what I want to hear from the Haslam's if there is some kind of press conference. Not only that, but about development in downtown, downtown Milwaukee, about what are their perspectives and plans uh, with uh, the co-owners uh, and dogs. So a lot of question marks. I'm hoping that uh, the Haslam's can answer these question marks. What say you, Danny? What are the plans? What's the roadmap? Is he going to do anything drastic? And you know what the Bucks, with the, having the co-ownership, one owner has it for a number of years, then the next owner, you know, that makes more of the majority owner, so to speak. And how does that impact the team? Because to your point, We've seen the Cleveland Browns, and that's putting, you know, a certain taste in our mouth because <laughs> you just don't know 
because the Browns have been losing. Now they may be doing on to something with Deshaun Watson in that group, but whatever. They still have struggled, and you hate to see something like this down the line impact future transactions with free agents and your superstars. So they're going to have some decisions to make upcoming with Middleton and uh, everything, and we'll see how they play this. But ultimately, it's you hope he just stays in the background and he's not one of these owners that's trying to be all in your face and all this other stuff. The other, th- the other thing for me was how this went down so fast. Mm-hmm. And was there anyone else in the running? Anyone else have interest in that stake? So that's the other thing I would like to understand more about this. Uh, Cause it was just announced uh, yesterday but it was kind of quick. It were rumors, and then all of a sudden it just happened. So if he has the right intentions in, in mind for the organization and the community, because that's the big part, as they're building out the deer, deer district and doing what they're doing, then it's fine. But if he starts ruffling feathers and you start side-eyeing kind of some things he may say in the media or some actions that he takes, then they're going to have some issues. And then you got to worry about Giannis. That's the main thing from the Milwaukee Bucks organization. So more to come, but very eye-opening. And like I said, this happened very quick. Yeah, and just to give you some more perspective here, because I think um, there's been some not-so-great-worded phrases about the actual purchase. So the purchase is this other stake the ownership piece of Mark Lazary, um, co-owner, co-owner of Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, and so he's just sell, selling his share of yep. the team. The Milwaukee Bucks um, are actually valued at $3.5 billion. So it's not Mark Lazary selling $3.5 billion uh, to Lazary. My understanding is that it's just a share of uh, that Mark Lazary has and the Bucks are valued at $3.5 billion. So that's the Milwaukee Bucks, but other things happen in the NBA. Uh, word just got out about LeBron James uh, injuring his foot. Uh, seems like he may be out for a period of time. What say you about the Lake Show? Jason, this is so untimely. <laughs> <laughs> the Lakers just made this big move at the trade deadline, and LeBron himself said it at the All-Star game that this is a big stretch for them to try to make this playoff push. And they were four and one after that 27 point comeback victory on Sunday against the Dallas Mavericks. And I, <clears throat> they showed LeBron kind of walking gingerly and comes out today that he's out multiple weeks, two to three right now. But currently the Lakers are in the 12 spot and they are a game back of the nine spot, a game and a half back of the eight. So they're right there. So now with him being injured, this trade they made at the deadline is even bigger because now they have at least some depth. You can't replace LeBron, but you actually have players that can stand in and supplement some of his offense. And now, and D'Angelo Russell got hurt too. So again, a reason that they have all these players they brought in and people are going to have to step up 
including Mr. Anthony Davis. So Anthony Davis is going to have to carry him if they want any shot to make it to the playoff or at least the playing tournament. This is going to be on his shoulders. And if he doesn't bring it, <clears throat> um, him primarily, and carry the team, they're going to fall short. And if he can just carry them along until LeBron get back, they don't have many games left either. That's the other thing in this. They have approximately 20-some games left, 21 on their schedule. So it's it stinks, man, because they're starting to get some uh, rhythm after the trade, even though D'Angelo Russell got hurt. But we'll see what happens, man. They They have a shot, though, because the West – on those bottom teams, it's kind of shuffling around and teams are up and down. So they have a shot to get in, but Anthony Davis is going to have to be the one to carry him there. Yeah, Danny. And so they talk about reassessing LeBron in, in two weeks. Mm -hmm. um, in two weeks, there are about eight games that the Los Angeles Lakers have. You're going to start at Memphis, at Oklahoma City, against Minnesota, Golden State, and Memphis. Toronto and New York. So they have a one, two, three, four, five game stretch at home. Mm -hmm. And then they go on the road uh, against New Orleans and then at Houston. And so that brings it up to uh, two weeks. Danny, this is a doable schedule for them with mm -hmm. the team that they currently have. They're going to have to make do without LeBron for a period of time here. Uh, but Man, this is a doable schedule for them, man. I, I think they can at least tread some water here, be yep. five <laughs> uh, until he comes back. But that's just a reassessment after two weeks. Yeah. Uh, and so after that, that's when the schedule really kind of starts to pick up uh, and uh, uh, just a little bit. I mean, you have the likes of, uh, at that point in time, uh, Dallas. Orlando. Orlando is not a bad team. Phoenix, Oklahoma City, Chicago twice in a row, Minnesota, Houston, Utah, Clippers, Phoenix, Utah. The end of the season is what, where it's going to be difficult. Um, so this schedule is actually friendly for the Lakers, in my opinion, Danny. So they can do something here. And then you have the likes of KD, who is going to make his Phoenix Suns debut tomorrow. Uh, night and that's going to be interesting to see how that team gels in a short period of time I know a lot of people are picking them to actually uh, make it out of the Western Conference to go to uh, the finals uh, I don't know Danny I think 20 games I don't know if that's going to be enough games for them to really gel mm -hmm. but I will tell you this you talk about having a mid-range game that team has a mid-range game all the time I mean yeah, Booker, mm -hmm. CP3, and Kevin Durant. You talk about mid-range. You talk about scoring. You don't have to worry about a three-pointer because you got mid-range game on lock. Yep. So that's going to be really interesting to see. What say you, Danny? Yeah, Jason. They. I was hoping he would play on Sunday because uh, there are rumors. There are rumors that he may play against the Bucks, but we'll first, we'll get to see him in action. And like you said, they don't have much time. To get ready but i look at their team and having like chris paul chris paul's distributor and just knowing his spots is what chris paul needs to know 
Uh, Devin Booker, same thing. Where's his spot versus KD's spot? And the person who may benefit the most is Aiden because you have those dudes and they got to respect all of them. So he should get on one-on-one and he should kill the boards. And, you know, if they have an off night or whatever, he should be the one to benefit the most out of this trade. In my opinion, I think he's one that he has, he's been up and down, but he can really uh, thrive in this environment with KD and yeah, just a matter. It's just a matter of how they gel and defensively how they do if they can hold up because their depth, their depth is going to be a possible concern in the playoffs. If someone gets in foul trouble or someone gets hurt or whatever case it be, you don't want that, but it's um, basketball. So that's the key factor with them in making that run. Um, but all in all, man, just excited to see what he can do and how they actually play together uh, with him and Booker in, in particular, because Booker is, gets the ball and he does his thing. Now he's going to uh, share a little bit more. Yeah, I'm I'm concerned. Well, if I was being a fan, uh, I'd be concerned with the depth. Uh, granted, mm-hmm. in the playoffs, your uh, lineup kind of shifts a little bit and where it, it just, the rotation uh, lessens, uh, it gets to the seven, eight players, well, eight players primarily um, that you can really focus in on. But I would say they don't have too many options here off the bench, Danny. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I see the likes of uh, Tory Craig. Uh, I see Damian Lee on a roster, uh, Cameron Payne, Terrence Ross. Uh, not too bad, but I think when you go up against a team that is long, um, that's something that I think as a, if I was a Phoenix Suns fan, I would be concerned with. Um, granted, yes, you do have Kevin Durant, seven foot, basically. Mm-hmm. But, and you have Aiden, you can interchange them. But, man, I think you need just a little bit more girth there and maybe even the, the more scoring pop off the bench. So we'll see what happens there, Danny. Sir Lewis Hamilton was not crowned the champion for not this past season, but the season before. It came down to the last uh, race uh, in Abu Dhabi. Uh, and this series was filmed, obviously, from the past season. Mm-hmm. Uh, so great timing because this Sunday is the first race of Formula One. Uh, this past weekend, they went through uh, testing uh, in Bahrain, and it's going to be very interesting to see how this first race comes out uh, and everything. So really looking forward to it, Danny. Formula One is back. Uh, the racing cars are back. Uh, and I'm uh, truly excited. Can't wait for, you know, this weekend. And Danny, uh, Major League Baseball spring training is here. And it seems like there are some new rules in place for Major League Baseball. Now a pitch clock, mm-hmm. which um, the hope there is that the games won't be as long, which mm-hmm. I'll be thankful for. Um, it's just going to be really interesting to see how the pitchers and the batters really react to this. Uh, you know, sometimes they have their own routine in between each, each pitch, which yeah. could take forever, which extends the game uh, and everything. So this pitch clock is in, the intent here is to shorten the games. 
make it a little bit more attractive for fans to either go and also to watch on TV. What say you, Danny, about that particular new um, rule? I'm very interested, Jay, to see how this goes. When I look at this, I think it's a good thing in this environment. So everything is at your fingertips. Everything has to be right now, quick. And baseball, as we knew it growing up, it was it's a slower game. And it's a three-hour-plus game. <laughs> you got to commit to it, put it like that. So with this, I think it's a, it's a good rule change. I think the adjustment is going to be a couple things. One, with the starting pitching, once they start getting into those deeper innings, how are they going to – how are the starting pitchers going to be? Uh, you know, because they're up there rushing versus taking their time a little bit more, getting some rest. And the batters, so as you're going up to bat, you don't get that time now to kind of scope the field, kind of see how guys are playing, watching your signals from your managers on the first base and third base line. So there's going to be a lot of adjustments that way. And I think we'll see how it's trending – like in the June time frame, once everyone starts getting used to it. But you just don't want something like this to impact the playoff game because there are some penalties depending on that clock. And if you don't get your um, pitch off in time and the batter, it has to be in within eight seconds. So seeing all that, I think it's going to actually bring some eyes to the TV because they're going to see want to see how the players are actually reacting to this. So. I'm excited for it actually, you know, being like in baseball and, you know, it just takes too long to watch a game. So it should actually speed it up and guys aren't out there gripping, regripping, mm -hmm. <laughs> doing what they're doing. So it'll just move it along and hopefully it uh, works out well for the major league, for major league baseball. No, and that Danny, but I think they can make adjustments in season. So mm -hmm. uh, if they, hear a whole lot of complaining if you will I, I can see them possibly increasing the amount of time on the clock itself yep um, by like just a few seconds just mm -hmm. to provide a little cushion there but nonetheless i think it's something good for uh baseball uh not only that it, like you said it may draw more eyes it may draw more um sponsorships uh mm -hmm. as well i mean who knows who, who can sponsor a clock or or sponsor um one of the you know rules of the class or whatever the yeah. case may be you can put a sponsorship on any just by anything nowadays yeah so um it may offer a little bit more money uh from that standpoint as well just as we're talking about baseball danny these milwaukee brewers i'm hoping that they uh come with it this year um there have been talks about how the current ownership is not looking to spend the money uh, to really compete or to be divisional leaders. Mm -hmm. My hope is that that is not the case. My hope is that it's the complete opposite, that they go all in. I think they have a, a fairly good nucleus here um, to compete and to make the playoffs. And I just hope that they're thinking about the fans of Milwaukee what the buck or excuse me what the brewers tend to do here but man it's the, the news is not looking and sounding too promising out of uh milwaukee right now what say you danny it's a wait and see game um you just want to see how the team is going and what how they adapt right so how does 
the GM and ownership adapt and you can kind of read the tea leaves, so to speak, depending on what they're doing. So if they get up to a hot start, they bring some additional pieces in to complement that team. If they get off to a slow start, are they starting to sell off? So time will tell because honestly, if you look at say St. Louis, for example, they're a notorious slow starting team, but then they pick it up and then they may add a batter or pitcher or whatever the case may be for that run. So I, I'm just curious to see how the Brewers play this from um, their lineup perspective and how they start off. Like I said, if they get on a nice start, that may change some perspectives in Milwaukee. But if they get off to a slow start, <laughs> they will really know what's going on because that will actually test their patience because you need butts and seats, man. And if if you're not thinking about that, then there's going to be some issues here and there's is going to American Family Field is going to be empty. Thank you for joining us at Bat Ports Talk Podcast. You can also join us on Twitter by tweeting us at back underscore podcast. For more information, you can go to our website, which is backporchtalkpodcast.com. You can also email us at backporchtalkpodcast at gmail.com. Again, thank you for joining us. And remember that there's enough hate in the world. So go ahead and spread a little love.